Hello and welcome to the Start Me Up podcast. It's April 10th and I'm Kimberly Johnson in Washington, D.C. And my co-host Steph Walton is here today. Yay! And she's (laughs) she's in beautiful Oakland, California. How's it going? Emphasis on the beautiful in Oakland, California today. I'm looking out my window and I see the Bay Bridge, the Salesforce Tower. It is clear as a bell. Gorgeous. Wow. Well, it's really pretty here. Thankfully, we're in uh, D.C. Usually that's the swamp in the summertime. But right now it's (laughs) we are getting a spring. So we're happy about that. And um, anyway, I want to I want to get into what we're going to talk about today because it's very important. Um, today our guest is Natalie Weaver. She's the founder of Sophia's Voice, and Sophia is Natalie's daughter, and she was born with a facial deformity. Uh, when Natalie shares pictures of Sophia on Instagram and other social media platforms, she's often met with hateful comments. Strangers on the internet tell Natalie to kill her own daughter. They t- they've told her to throw Sophia in the fire and to drown her. The, the family has even received death threats. And because of this online abuse, Natalie has become a fierce and accomplished advocate who stood up to Twitter and successfully convinced them to include people with disabilities when reporting abuse. She's now on a mission to get Instagram to do the same. She says the abuse on Instagram is three times worse than what what she experienced on Facebook or Twitter. So she's going to be joining us in just a minute. But before we talk with Natalie, a quick reminder... Start Me Up is an independent podcast supported by listeners. You can support the show by becoming a monthly subscriber for any dollar amount, $1, $5, $10, $25. $5 gets you into our next segment, which is End Another Thing. And that's usually where Steph and I chat and occasionally someone else might join me. And we're going to be having some changes going on with that, but I'll I'll keep you posted because I haven't decided exactly what we're going to do with that. Anyway, you can visit patreon.com slash startmeup to become a patron. And real quick... Later today, I'm also going to be recording the first Women's Roundtable segment. My guests are going to be authors Lorraine Devon Wilkie and Anne Werner, who happens to be my mother. The three of us will be talking about what it's like to be, a wom- to be women authors as well as outspoken political writers. We're going to be discussing the specific challenges female authors face as well as the feedback, the positive and the negative we get when writing about politics and feminism. So it's going to be a really interesting show. Both guests are intelligent, articulate, and they have a lot to say. So I hope you'll tune in. All right, so we're going to get right into it, and I'm going to just say hello and welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak and and share. I'm really glad that you're on today because I follow you online, and you always impress me. You're always so just calm and respectful, and even though you're not being treated with respect, you know how to... I don't know, you you know how to communicate in such a way where you don't get people necessarily to feel sorry for you, but to understand what's going on. So why don't you tell us about your advocacy? Yeah, so first of all, thank you for always supporting me. It doesn't go unnoticed, and it means a lot. And um, most of the time, I can keep it together, and sometimes I express that anger. But um, so basically you know, my entire life, I really have been a hidden person. And I feared judgment. And then I had Sophia. And I realized that we lived in a society that didn't accept children like mine. And when I would take her out, people were very cruel to us. 
they would discriminate against us because of her. People would scream. They would laugh. <sighs> they would call her names. I mean, a little five-month-old baby walking around, oh uh, me carrying her and experiencing that. And so I struggled. It was a pain that would bring me to my knees. And I would pull myself out of feeling depressed and sad. It would take me weeks. And then I'd say, okay, I can do this. I'll take her to the grocery store today. I mean, such a small thing to be able to do. And then yeah. I received the hate again or oh. looks and whispers. And there I was back on my knees in pain. And so I decided to hide away. I mean, that was my natural way of dealing with pain and fear um, my entire life. And so I kept her protected and I kept us private. And uh, it was three years ago that our state threatened to reduce health care services for her and thousands of other disabled children in North Carolina. And I've always been a fierce advocate. That's one thing about me um, privately, you know, fighting for her health care and fighting against doctors and nurses. And I would always get her what she needed. And hmm. I would have that burst of like, whoa, who is this person? I really like her. Hmm. And I feel more like myself when I'm doing this advocating, but you know, I just, I couldn't apply it to the rest of my life. Mm. And so North Carolina threatened to take away her health care, And I said, no way. And wow. so I knew that I had to go on the news to share our story, to raise awareness and that it was an extreme story. And mm -hmm. so it would draw attention. And so I did it and I fought along with two other moms and we stopped the state from decreasing services uh, within six weeks. And we formed Advocates for Medically Fragile Kids in C. And we continue to fight to protect health care for children in North Carolina. And so I did that. And then it just transitioned into the national health care fight, which is ongoing and it's never ending. And so I took an even more public stance and flew to D.C. and gave a speech for the very first time at a press conference with U.S. senators standing behind me. And that went viral. And with that increased the hate that I was receiving online, which of course was something I hadn't experienced because I was private. And yeah. I got death threats and people telling me to kill my child and that she was a drain on society. Oh, my and God. Yes. Yeah, so it continued. And as as my work you know, continue to grow, the hate grew, as well as the love. So that was still there in the support. But I realized, wow, I really need to transition my fight for health care into a fight for basic human rights for my child and for other children like her. I need to change our society so children like mine are accepted. And she also has profound disabilities as well, which adds to it. Um, I think, you know, the people attacking us. And so I started my mission to normalize facial deformities and profound disabilities. So I would share glimpses into our lives. And then I received extreme hate on Twitter and someone used her image to promote eugenics. And oh I reported it, of course, and no violation was found. Oh. At that point, I had to fight back and I got all of my followers involved and they finally took the tweet down. But a friend made me realize in the reporting tool, they didn't even include disability. And so that's very common, you know, when people are talking about human rights and 
uh, disability is oftentimes left out and they're discriminated against every single day. And so I fought to get Twitter to include disability in their reporting tool to protect the disability community. And months later, they listened. And so that shifted my advocacy and continued on advocating, continued getting hate, fighting back against it. I also expose it because what I realized is non-disabled people don't realize it's an issue. Mm-hmm. And so I had to make people aware. I had to shine a light on the darkness that exists and the hate that exists towards the disability community in order to change it. Right. And so that's what I do. And then I decided, let's join Instagram. And so I've been using it for six months and I realized I'm receiving three times more hate on Instagram than I was on Facebook and Twitter combined. And I've been using those years. And I thought, I wonder why this is. And I realized their reporting tool was lacking. It didn't include disability. And there's also so many other things Um, that it's lacking. And I got raided by a troll gang on Instagram, which is the strangest thing. And so I was receiving hate messages, dozens of them a day for about two weeks. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. And the most vile stuff on Instagram and never receiving a response from Instagram as to whether the comments were found in violation. So I don't know if holding them accountable. So that's when I decided to create the video and share some of the most vile comments I've received and, you know, bring it to, to the media and raise awareness and bring attention to this issue. And so that's currently what I'm fighting today. So, okay. First of all, thank you. Um, because the work that you're doing is, it is just so, um, necessary not, it, it, it breaks my heart. Like I, I'm taking notes here and so many things that you just said um, with regards to where are the rights for, for disabled people? They're not even being considered when these ginormous social media platforms are out there up and running. And where is the responsibility, right? First of all, as human beings, I think it is incumbent upon each and every one of us to look out for our brothers and sisters, regardless of, you know, race, creed, color, how, how, whether they're able or disabled. I mean, it, it just, to me, that's just the foundation of, of how we should operate as human beings. And, and that's not happening. And, and you can start from the top, you know, you can look to government, you can look, look all around you, you know, there, uh, hatred and, you know, hatred has been unleashed in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And I think people feel they have license now to just say, well, I hate them because they're black or brown or because, you know, she's a woman or because they're disabled. I'm going to attack. And for some reason, you know, you got to look at, at at what what the deep problems are within a person that would do something like that. First of all, for you to have the guts, the energy, the wherewithal the drive. I mean, that I, I want to just say thank you. I don't have a disabled child. I've watched you on Twitter advocate for Sophia and for children like her and for families uh, who who don't feel they have a voice or a platform. So that work that you're doing is so important, Natalie. And I'm, it brings me to tears much of the time. And, you know, when I see what you're doing, thank you. um, how can we support you. 
I mean, I, 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 I it, it crushes me. Just Kimberly's intro alone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how can we, how can we help you broadcast this even further? Tell me what you need, and 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 we're do, we're gonna do it right. Mm-hmm. So so my experience is public pressure and media equals fast results and change. And it's Mm -hmm. been the most powerful tool in the work that I've done. But one of the most important things and what I see is time and time again, adults in the disability community are ignored. And there are some amazing activists who are disabled and we can learn so much from them. And I have learned the most from disabled adults who are out there advocating. And we need to listen to them. I had to learn, I need to listen to you. And um, you know, that they're fighting for, for healthcare, they're fighting for basic human rights, for accessibility, to be able to even leave their home, to do the most basic things. And more human beings need to stand by the disability community and the activists who are leading that fight. Um, but for this specific fight, the more media attention we can bring to it, the better. And just to continue to stand up for the disability community and support their efforts. Um, but I will say, and I haven't shared this publicly yet, Adam Mosiri, the head of Instagram, has personally reached out to me. Wonderful. Oh, wow. And so we have been communicating and so far he seems to care. And for me, and I told him, I said, everyone using your platform and elsewhere, we want to know that these big companies who are making billions of dollars off of us, that they care and that they are willing to do things to protect us. And I have a huge community around me of people who will fiercely fight alongside me. But what about the person who doesn't and is told to kill themselves or their child? Mm-hmm. What happens to them? It's difficult for me with all of the support I have. And so what drives me to continue on is thinking about other people who might not be able to handle it. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic that we have been talking and I've been telling him what I think they need to do. And I haven't published publicly shared it yet because I continue to want the pressure to be on them mm-hmm. until I see real action. Right. But it start and I have opened that door to have those conversations. So I'm excited about the possibility of, of making this change as well. So Well I know I know yeah, I know that part anybody who's listening um, I'm certainly going to be posting the show on Twitter and tagging Instagram, but I would encourage every listener to take it upon themselves to visit your Twitter feed. What is your Twitter handle? It is at NatalieW1020. And I will be putting that in the uh, show description, but everybody should visit Natalie's page and then, um, you know, maybe quote tweet her or somehow help her along and tag Instagram so that they feel the pressure. Um, Natalie, I wanted to ask you a question because I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I told them that I was going to be interviewing you. And this person is a little bit older, so they're not really familiar with social media. And was they were asking me, um, well, why why is she putting pictures of her daughter online if all she's going to get is hate, you know, get is hate and hateful comments? And I think they're, they that person is a parent. And 
I think it's all about protection. And and what I said was, I think she's taking protection to the next level, where she's putting aside her own pain. And she's realizing that other people experience the same thing, but don't necessarily have the strength to fight. Am I right about this? Is this why you advocate because you just you want to take it to that next level? Well, this, this is one of the reasons. Another reason is most people don't see a child like mine from day to day. And so it's incredibly important for me to normalize facial deformities mm-hmm. and profound disabilities to normalize those words. Deformities and disability isn't a bad word. And look at my child, feel your discomfort, understand why it's there, move beyond it so that next time you come across someone with a profound disability and a facial deformity in society, you will treat them with kindness. You will Mm -hmm. see the human being. And that's why I do it. And, and the people that always say, well, stop posting. Well, they're, they're accepted in society. They don't know what it feels like to not even be able to leave your home without being treated horribly. And so my goal is to change the world and their perceptions of people with facial deformities so that they can be in society comfortably, they can be accepted, and they can be treated with kindness. And it's, it's easy for people to say, just stop posting, but they don't know what it's like to hide away and to feel like the world does not accept you. And I want to change that. I get messages from people who say, you gave me the courage to leave my home for the first time wow. in years. And I get messages from parents who are teaching their children about Sophia who now love her and they want to be her friend. Aww. And I have classrooms that are teaching their classes about Sophia and they are learning and it will normalize it for them. And that's what keeps me going. And, and also I receive more love than hate. It's not all hate. Mm -hmm. I now have for the first time in my life, a community of over 80,000 people who love and support our family, who know about facial deformities and profound disabilities, and they no longer feel discomfort about it. And they see the human being the next time they see someone similar to Sophia, and it's not a big deal. And that's what I want, and that's why I do it. Oh, I love it. I just love it so much. And what I love most about that what you just said is I want to change the world. Yes. No reservations. Like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, because people have the power to do that. Yeah. And the fact that you persevere every day and I see your beautiful family and your wonderful three children and husband and the way it, 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 it should be normalized because that's the world. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, live, let's live in it. Yeah. Okay. I also want to say, uh, probably, and I don't even know if you know this, we ended up in a in a Twitter group. I was pretty new to Twitter. You followed me right away, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, um, and then you put in a shout-out. This is, this is true for – I just want to say this about Natalie. You're not doing this for, you know, just Sophia's, you know, um, benefit or your own families. It mm-hmm. is for the world. And once you put, put something up about – it was a, a tweet about a kid in your community – who needed a wheelchair and because the the uh, health insurance had been depleted where this disabled child was concerned the family didn't have the money to buy the specialized wheelchair which was thousands and thousands of dollars um and you put 
put a shout out out there. I went, I, I was like, oh my God, and privately DM'd you. And I said, here, how do I get you money? You said, thank you so much. And, and it was done. And you single-handedly, through your outreach and your platform, raised enough money to get this kid the help. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I didn't care. <laughs> and that kid now has the wheelchair that it needs and is getting around. And God bless you. Thank you. And, and it's a great transition into my organization, Sophia's Voice. And it's one of the things that I am most proud of. And I found myself in directly helping others. Mm. And so, you know, my story has made it around the world. Hmm. And I think the very first moment I realized I could help others is when a mother in Peru said, I need this piece of equipment and where can I get it? And so I was able to raise money quickly and I'm like, whoa, wait a second, yeah. the platform here, I can help people. I can mm -hmm. use it to help people. And so... I created Sophia's Voice, and I have helped over four dozen people um, wow. buying their medication, paying for their doctor's appointments, medical supplies, medical equipment. I've paid people's rents, uh, rent, and I've paid electric bills. And anyone who has a disability and who is struggling because of financial hardships due to all the medical costs, I will help you in whatever way I can. And oh. The fact that I've been able to do that means the world to me and it gets me through the hard times and I remember Sophia had her last surgery where her organs were beginning to fail and respiratory failure and I'm laying there calling someone's pharmacy and paying for their medication and oh my god I this is what's gonna get me through you know mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna lose Sophia and um, I feel like I've subconsciously set up this world where I have the support mm -hmm. and I the one thing that's gonna get me through losing this precious precious child that I live for is helping others and um, I'm so glad I found it and I'm so proud that I've been able to help over four dozen people. I also support individual disability activists because I want them to know that I care and that their work is so valuable. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the best thing that I have ever done in my life and could ever do. Uh, well, you're you're su you're successfully getting me to tear up, which I don't I don't think I've done on the podcast. Um, and and um, Stephanie has, and I haven't yet. So, but I, I'm I'm a, I'm an emotional. Uh, well, so am I. Cry. That's how I roll. I cry I'm off the show. Lately, so. Oh, <laughs> right. well, you know, I want to I want to say something um, specifically about me, but then I want to bring it over to Sophia. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that feels uncomfortable. And I, I don't feel uncomfortable because of Sophia. The reason I feel uncomfortable is because I never know exactly what the right thing to say is. And I'll give you an example. A girlfriend of my uh, of mine had lost her mother. And she told me that at the funeral and, you know, for days after, people would come up to her and they would say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it got to be so much that hearing I'm sorry made her cringe. And I can totally understand that, but people don't know what to say. And and so there's always this fear in me that if I'm going to say something that's going to trigger whoever I'm talking to to be frustrated. And um, so being able to talk to you today helps me because it gives me, and I hope it helps other people because it gives me the understanding that, you know, we can just all talk about this. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, it breaks my heart for you, because I know this is so difficult. And, 
and I and so now I just you know I mean it's it I don't want to go on about sadness. I do want to talk about the fact that you said you've uh, transitioned Sophia away from the medical world, and what you want to do right now is provide her with amazing experiences for the remainder of her life. And you've got Sweet Sophia's Adventures, and you've got a GoFundMe account. So can you can you tell us about that and some of the things that you've already done? Yes, and, and thanks for bringing that up, because one of the other things that I share, I, I share intimate glimpse into my feelings, and I'm very vulnerable. And as a caregiver, you know, I, I share those things as well, because I want people to understand that it's okay to feel uncomfortable, but saying nothing at all and avoiding people who are going through a hard time is worse. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we want the most is having someone by our side and knowing that they are okay to just listen. And so instead of saying, I'm sorry, you could say, I'm here and I'm Mm -hmm. here to listen to you and to do it with no judgments. And it's an incredibly important thing for us to learn as a society how to treat people who are going through a hard time because people are so awkward around me <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Situations different. I'm like, I'm there's you don't need to be anyone or anything. Just be yourself and treat me as I am. So uh, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> and so I think I forgot your question. The, just just tell us about Sweet Sophia's adventures and some yeah. of and the fact that you're moving her away from yeah. the medical world. Yes. Yeah, so we had that last surgery that I brought up and uh, uh, I have always said that I'm going to listen to her body and respect it since she can't tell me how she's feeling Mm -hmm. Uh, necessarily. She can communicate, but she can't tell me in details what's going on, but her body revealed to us that it is tired and she has so many different conditions and issues and she's had 29 surgeries and she was on 10 different medications that make her tired. And as I laid in that hospital room, it's, it, I knew it. I knew my decision was coming and it was very difficult um, to come to that decision because I want her here with me. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to push aside what I want because I have always done what I believe is best for for my child. Mm -hmm. And I believe the decision to take the medical care out of the equation and to focus on living is the most important thing to do. We've, we've done the same things for a decade and trying to fix this problem or that problem or have surgery to help this problem. And we've gotten to a point where it's, it's too much and we can't fix everything anymore. And so I made that decision and my husband as well, and he fully supports everything we're doing. Um, and he's a wonderful support. Uh, I couldn't do any of this without him. And so we decided we are going to bring hospice in to help us with that transition. We are taking her off of the seizure medications that zone her out and make her tired. It's all about quality now and Mm -hmm. not quantity. Mm -hmm. And because those medications are out of her system, she may be having more seizures, but she's able to look me in the eye. She's able to coordinate movements that she couldn't before. And she's able to enjoy some of those moments and adventures that we're having, which bring me so much joy to see her experiencing. <laughs> so because of her immune deficiency, we had to keep her away from the, you know, going out into public and she has sensitivity to light. But because of the amount of support that I have received 
for the work that I have done, we have now a lot of people who are willing to do some amazing things. So uh, a salon uh, closed down and Sophia had her first haircut. Hmm. I saw that. God yeah, almighty, me too. That was beautiful. Yes. Lights to fit her personality. And uh, it was absolutely amazing. And, and then we had, there's one that's going to be aired on the news and in our town and I will share. So I can't share it yet, but it was the most magical experience. We took her to a lazy five ranch where we were able to feed the animals. Oh, wonderful. Yes. And we're going to be going to a theater that is going to allow us to come in so she can watch the symphony during dress rehearsal. (gasps) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So there are so many amazing adventures set up and I'm sharing it with everyone because I think it's just so important to share unconditional love and acceptance and the kindness of everyone in this world and the people that are providing these, you know, experiences. And and that's another message that I I want to spread is, is what unconditional love and acceptance can, can do for this world and how it can change so many people. So we are focusing on living and we don't know how long she's going to be here because these changes are big changes and we don't know how her body will respond. It could be a year, it could be more, it could be less, but we are living and we are doing memory, you know, artwork and just doing things that are important to us and things that we want and preparing our other children for it. And hospice provides counseling for the entire family. And and I'm just trying to handle it in the most healthiest way possible Mm -hmm. so that our entire family can get through this together because she is my world. And yeah. the, the thought of her not being here is, I, I worry that I'm not going to be strong enough to come back full force. But if I think of it, doing it in her memory, then I, yeah. I might even come back stronger. But I just don't know. So that's why it's important for me to like get Instagram to do this now. I want to do one big major thing in her honor before she's no longer here. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I, I really hope that uh, Instagram, it sounds like they're going in the right direction. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful about that. But oh my gosh, it's just, um, I can't even imagine how difficult it must be knowing what to that you're expecting to lose her. And the fact that you're doing all of this is so as as we both said, it's just so important. Because it, you're helping so many other people. And I mean, I'm certainly not one to give advice, but I, I, I just want to say that I do think you'll come back stronger because I think Sophia is going to live on through you and she's going to give you that strength and she gives it to you right now. And I mean, we're all, it's, it's so hard not to cry. I mean, we're all so grateful for what you're doing because people just don't understand. You know, I mean, they just, it's like I said earlier, I mean, I don't want to be silent. That's why oftentimes you've seen me just send hearts to you because I'm afraid whatever it is I say would, would, would be stupid or silly. And I, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to make the wrong move. So I really appreciate you saying like, I hear you, I'm here for you. That mm-hmm. that that helps me. And I think it's going to help other people who feel awkward, because that's just it's just the way we are. We feel awkward, yeah. especially when we care, because it's like, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what's appropriate and what isn't. So all of the activism, all of the advocacy is just, it's monumental. And I mean, really, I, I hope you take the time to pat yourself on the back for what you're doing, because it's just phenomenal. 
Phenomenal. I'm not good at that, I'm not good at that part yet. <laughs> can I can I pat you just for a second? Um, yes. Because I look at, at some of the photos that you post with your other two beautiful, healthy, able-bodied children and the love that they show for their sister. Mm -hmm. You can see it, you can feel it in the photos. Um, yeah. And that's an example that you and your husband have set for those, for her, her surviving siblings mm -hmm. and they're going to move through the world being empathic and caring and being able to put them, put others before themselves when necessary. Yeah. And that, you know, that's my main goal with my children. I have two kids myself and I, I want them to always be able to put themselves in another person's shoes when they make decisions how is my action, if they can, and we don't always do it, believe me, when I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, I'm not putting myself in other people's shoes. Sure. But when, when, as human beings, when, when it really counts, what does it mean to put yourself in someone else's shoes? What does it mean to put yourself in Sophia's shoes? And they do that every day because of your example to them. And because of that, they're, be, they're able to go outside and look at another person mm -hmm. and say, what's their struggle? What, what, and to be able to think like that and have that kind of presence of mind, those kids, your kids who I don't even know, yeah. are so much better off than the average bear because they have that empathy. And so God, I, I can't even, that, that to me, I'm, I'm proud of that, seeing that and seeing yeah. how they interact with, and they're better people because of it. And that's, that's because of you and your husband and what you're doing. So pat, 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 pat. <laughs> yes, yes. Amazing kids. And, and I've always said that I learned compassion. Uh, it began when my brother was killed. And I learned a little bit of compassion, oh more compassion then. And then I learned even more compassion when Sophia was born. But to grow up knowing and feeling compassion I can't even imagine the type of human beings that they are going to be. Exactly. And, and then also, you know, another message that I try to share with the world is look at Sophia. Sophia is the result of unconditional love. She mm. goes through so much and yet she smiles and giggles and she's positive. She could have a major surgery and the next day she's got a little giggle or Aww. a picture. And as soon as those things pass, she has so much love in her and she is a human being who has received nothing but unconditional love in their life and look at how amazing she is and what she's able to get through because of that mm -hmm. so, yeah i got some pretty great great kids and that that's one thing i will admit <laughs> <laughs> well that you yes beautiful and and ride that wave because you you're that's that's love that never ever will will go away yeah. ever yeah Oh man. Well, I want to I just want to tell everybody that um you can send Natalie ideas for Sweet Sophia's Adventures um at sweetsophiasadventures at gmail.com and then there's also a GoFundMe to help you guys um you know afford all of these wonderful experiences. Where can people find that? Yeah, it's it's uh Sweet Sophia's Adventures. I think that's the end part of the GoFundMe, but also okay. on any of my social media pages. I think it's tagged uh, it's the top one on Twitter and my advocacy page on Facebook as well. Awesome. So, um, yeah, and I'm going to be putting um, all of your information in the show on patreon.com slash start me up. So all of your, uh, you know, websites and GoFundMes and all of that stuff is going to be included. So, um, 
So there you go. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I just, uh, you know, everyone can go to natalieweaver.com and, and you can find all of my social media handles there. And I just want to share that I cannot believe the amount of love and support and the community that I have around me um, because I decided to share, because I decided to not be afraid to be myself and to share my life with others and to be vulnerable in front of the world. And I used to be so isolated, even when I was growing up, it's just my anxiety. That's who I was. And the moment I decided to face my fears and my insecurities is the moment my life changed forever. And it's the moment that things got better and that I received the love and the support that I was missing. So thank you to everyone. Oh, thank you. you thank you, you so much. Made, yeah, you just made my my week right there. Um, <laughs> I love it. Natalie, thank you so much. Thank um, you. And thanks for being thanks for being on the show. Follow Natalie at, at NatalieW1020 on Twitter. And 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 thanks for me and Kimberly for for tuning in. Please hang around for and another thing where we talk shit about some shit. Don't forget, we love comments on Patreon. We're building a community and we want to hear your thoughts on the topics we discuss. So visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And find us on Twitter. I am at LadyBrainShow. And Kimberly is at Author Kimberly with an extra E, L-E-Y. Yes, and don't forget too, next Wednesday, we're going to be talking to the feminist next door. She's going to be returning and we're going to have an awesome conversation. So thanks again, Natalie. It was, it was really wonderful talking to you and just big hugs to Sophia and and your family. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. What a beauty. What a beauty that, you know, her story inspires me so much. I'm a, I'm, I'm a very outgoing person and, and someone who speaks my mind, but I've, I, I really respect where she's coming from as someone who was just, I mean, talk about down and out, like brought to her knees Mm -hmm. on the daily and to climb out of that and to find that strength and go go out and advocate. And I love how she just says with all the balls in the world, I'm going to change the world. Yeah. Come on, girl. I know. I'm with you. Let me help you do that. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was a good show. And I'm I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk to her because, as I've said, you know, I've always... um, been afraid to say something for fear of of sounding like an asshole. And certainly that's never what I want to do. So I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to talk to her. And what's really interesting is I I briefly met her last year when I was... um, I was at the Alyssa Milano ERA shadow hearing. Well, it wasn't the Alyssa Milano, but it was Alyssa had a, a great speech that she gave and Natalie was there. And I recognized her because we're in a Twitter group together, but I really wasn't familiar with who she was and um, what she was doing. So I do remember briefly meeting her, but I, you know, I was following her on, on Twitter and got to know her and her family and Sophia. And so to have her on was really fantastic. And I hope that everybody who's listening um, really does make an effort to help, um, not just with her, but in general. I mean, if you see hate speech, if you see, um, if you see anybody being mean towards somebody with disability, please report it. Um, as, as Natalie said, the, the public pressure is what makes the difference. 
So we all have to be there. I mean, we're not all going to be fierce advocates like Natalie, but we can all certainly assist and aid all the people that are and, and, you know, help to spread awareness about this by standing up against the hateful people, which I don't, I don't even, I don't understand how people, I don't even understand that. I don't understand what would make someone say something to kill your child to a mother. I mean, I just, I will never understand that. There are no words for that. That's why I just keep repeating. Anyway, that's just, those people are, are, are so vile that yes, they should be stopped. Absolutely. No one should ever have to hear that period. Yeah. Um, but they're also to be, you know, pitied and, and not paid attention to if you, if you can stopped first, but until it stopped, just move on. Yes. All right. Well, now we're going to head on over into end another thing. So, um, thank you for listening today and then we're going to see you over on the other side. (laughs) 